Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. What's going on, folks? Happy Sunday night to you. Welcome to Got Your Back, live stream edition on location tonight. We'll get to more of that in just a moment. Got Your Back is always brought to you by our good friends at Sherwood Buick GMC. Have you seen that dealership? Have you seen that showroom? Something else, just off Baseline Road, heading into Sherwood Park. They do such a great job of making the process easy. Quite often, trying to buy a vehicles like pulling teeth at Sherwood Buick GMC, they've streamlined it. They respect your time. Their salespeople will treat you with respect. I've bought a vehicle there. It's a great experience. Go see Phil and the crew at Sherwood Buick GMC and tell them that Got Your Back sent you. We are live tonight on location at Long Shots out here in Sherwood Park. They've got locations out on Stony Plain Road and here in Sherwood Park as well. If you're into golf and you're into uh, a real great pub experience, Long Shots is definitely the place to be. Um, fantastic Trackman simulators. So the golf is high end, you know that. Uh, but they've got a real solid spot here. The food is great. Uh, we've tried a couple of different things off the menu and it's tons of fun. So we're going to do a few on locations this season from Long Shots here in Sherwood Park. By the way, their league play is getting underway October 3rd. You can go to longshots.ca to register. It's a ton of fun. Ten rounds, men, women, everybody's welcome. A lot of fun. Way to get that golf fix in the winter and the fall and winter when uh, the courses are starting to shut down. All right, time to check in with Jason Strudwick. Struddy, our third, has been on the road for a little bit. But Brownie, I think, is on his way back into town. The masses have been asking, where is Rob Brown? He misses a couple of pods, and it's all I'm hearing from people. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. I mean, we're killing it right now. And uh, Brownie misses a handful of pods, and you think we gave him the boot. So, yeah, he'll be back. And, uh, yeah, I think he was kind of on a – I think he was on a well a journey of self-discovery, but working on his body, I think, uh, fleshing right. out the system. So yep. uh, we'll get an update from that when he catches up with us uh, this week. Big Nordic spa guy, from what I hear. So we'll uh, we'll hear more from him. Uh, I'm going to give you 20 seconds on the pod tonight to talk about the Giants, and then I'm going to cut you off. So go ahead. You must be feeling good. A little comeback. How'd you feeling yeah. good? Well, in a nutshell, six quarters we went without scoring. Then we come back and have a huge comeback, and we win. But the problem was our best player, Saquad Barkley, sprained his ankle on a nothing play. Oh, Second yeah. last play of the game. So dejection. Settle it in as we play 49ers on Thursday, so a loss for sure. I'm available to be with you on Thursday night, everybody. <laughs> Sounds good. And we'll be dropping uh, about three or four podcasts a week. Once the season gets going, we'll be going four a week, and uh, it's going to be a ton of fun this year. want to set up the podcast quickly for you. Uh, listen, the Oilers rookies are playing in Penticton, and uh, we're really going to start hitting the Oilers hard this upcoming week as training camp kicks off. But there was a story in the NHL today, of course, Mike Babcock uh, resigning as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that is the story in the National Hockey League today. So, Struds, we're going to dig in a little bit on that one. Uh, Aaron Portsline from The Athletic is going to join me in just a moment. I caught up with him about 15 minutes ago. I grabbed him on the phone. He's a busy guy, but nobody is more plugged into what's going on in Columbus than Aaron Portsline from The Athletic. 
and uh, some real good insights from him on what happened. How did this happen? What's going on behind the scenes? What's next? Who's responsible? Asked him all of those questions. Also today on the pod, Struds and I will lean, uh, lean in with our opinions on this situation in our takeaway segment. Struds, I, I asked you what Struddy's world was going to be, and you gave us one word, mustard. Right. So don't know how you're going to feel a couple of minutes talking about mustard. But uh, that will be Struddy's world. And then, as always, we'll take your questions here on the stream. So just setting up the podcast for you. All right, let's get to the breakdown. And that's going to be brought to you by our good friends at Adrenaline Diesel, one of our newer sponsors here on the pod. They specialize in heavy-duty truck and trailer repair, performance tuning, parts, and sales. they got seven gigantic bays, and there's not much they can't figure out for you. Marty and his crew have extremely high standards. They will leave your truck in great shape like it's right out of the factory. Go to AdrenalineDiesel.ca. So once again, Mike Babcock resigning as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets before he even coached a practice. Uh, if you haven't been following the story, listen, this is all about whether or not, uh, you know, the, the NHLPA was investigating this. There were allegations that he was, you know, kind of inappropriately asking players to see their phones and see pictures on their phones and how maybe this wasn't... Uh, this was not appropriate for some of the younger players. When it happened, Boone Jenner, Johnny Gaudreau, the team, immediately came out and said to the accusations from Spit and Chicklets, that, no, nah, there's nothing here. Boone Jenner saying that his interactions were fine. Well, the PA investigates, and this news comes down today. Let's get to my conversation with Aaron Portsline, uh, who does a great job covering the Blue Jackets for The Athletic. All right, I know it's been an absolutely crazy uh, few days for you, Aaron. I really appreciate you taking the time. You're on the road now. You're heading, uh, you're heading to camp, or where are you going? Uh, yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm uh, somewhere between Traverse City and Ann Arbor. I've, I've got to knock half of this out tonight because media day is tomorrow at, at high noon, and Traverse City's quite a, a fair shot from Columbus, so better to get half of it done now. Yeah, so no thanks kidding. for the phone call, man. It's a, it's a nice chat. Yeah, no, it's great to talk to you. I don't, we don't, uh, I don't see enough. Just uh, you know, once or twice a year, kind of as Columbus rolls through town. Right. But uh, listen, you do great work over at the Athletic, and you did great work the last couple of days here. So Mike Babcock's tenure Thank already you. done uh, in Columbus. So uh, the article that you wrote talked about this raises some tough questions for the Blue Jackets organization, and maybe we'll get there in a few minutes. First and foremost, can you tell me everything that we know, the information that that's out there about? You know exactly what we know happened between Babcock and players other than Boone Jenner and, and Johnny Goodrow. Because while that statement was released saying that they had no issues with their interactions at all, clearly some others did. The yeah. PA got involved. So what do we actually know about what happened there? Yeah, well, this story has really sort of uh, evolved from when it first became known uh, through the Spit and Chicklets podcast. At, at first, I think the PA... I know the PA, the NHL, the Blue Jackets uh, were of a mind that that while it was uh, you know an awkward thing to do, that it was a fairly innocent thing, and the players uh, were okay with it, and and this was uh, this was uh, a story they thought was going to sort of die there, and it's quite clear that that some other players, be that in the Blue Jackets dressing room or beyond, I think both, uh, reached the NHLPA and said. Uh, no, no. This is what happened. This is this is how this interaction went. Um, I, I feel bad, frankly. I, 
I think I am right to feel bad for Boone Jenner, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Wawrenski, other players that have spoken about this. Uh, it's possible that their interactions were different. It's possible that at the time that they spoke, they were unaware that, that some of their teammates uh, had interactions that were either different than, than theirs or perceived uh, to be different from theirs or both. Um, but but clearly this this was way beyond the pale. This was not just let me see some pictures. This was players literally turning their phone over, and you know that, that's a feeling. I think whenever somebody grabs your phone and looks at it, if you would ever even allow that. But these, you know, the, the suggestion is these are young players that you know a, a, a NFL coach with 700 wins, a Stanley Cup, uh, a reputation. You know, that, that can be a hard situation to say no to. And perhaps it was different for Jenner, for Lorenzi, for Gaudreau. Perhaps they did no. push back. I'll send you pictures, but I'm not just going to give you my phone. But it, it's just such a bizarre thing at any level because, you know, Ryan, we have ways today of sharing pictures. You don't just have to hand somebody your phone. Uh, and it could have been worse than that. I, I've heard uh, tales that have not been confirmed that it went beyond just looking at pictures. So and this is behavior that cannot be, it cannot be uh, abided. It cannot be just passed off as a, a veteran coach trying to get to know his players. It can't be minimized as young, soft players from the new generation not putting up with a hard-nosed coach. This is unacceptable no. behavior uh, anytime, anyplace. And they, they had to act. You mentioned uh, Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau and some of the players that had talked about this. The one question that I have would be, if you're the captain of the team and allegations are being made that some inappropriate stuff had happened between the coach and the players and the phone, did it behoove the leadership group to check in with the rest of the guys to make sure that everybody else's interactions had been okay rather than just, I mean, they got that 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 defense and those statements out super fast after everything hit the fan. Yeah. And I just can't help but wonder if maybe taking a little bit more time to check in and make sure everybody was good. Um, you know, I know it's hindsight, but I wonder if, if those conversations were had or if they checked in with the rest of the guys uh, beyond it just being my interaction was fine. You know, because captains are going to get treated different than 18 and 19 and 20-year-old young guys. So I just wonder if the leadership group right. should have checked with everybody. Yeah, well, those are questions that are absolutely going to be asked tomorrow. Um, I think I think a lot of times pro sports teams' first response to any of this stuff is make it go away. Yeah. Right? And and I I think it's possible. I'm willing to give uh, the organization. I asked Guillermo Kekalina today, is this story different to you now? than it was when you first heard it. And he, he did not respond to that. The news was not out yet that, that Mike Babcock had been or was, had resigned. Um, but if, if I'm him or if I'm Blue Jackets ownership, I am concerned that I've got players in my room that are more willing to speak their truth to Paul Bissonnette, nothing against him, to somebody outside the room, and to the NHLPA than they are to me or to people that they trust in the organization. That is a yeah. huge concern to me yeah. and, and, and demands, I think, further introspection here. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And, you know, you wonder, um, 
you know, like some of these guys are pretty young, right? And we don't, I don't think we know, we're not naming names in terms of which players and such right now, but we obviously, Mike Babcock would have been having having meetings with all of the players and lots of them are younger guys. And if this is something that he was regularly doing, um, you know, you have to wonder if at a certain point agents get involved and even parents to a degree. And, you know, there's kind of a system of checks and balances there. And, you know, maybe when they dug a little bit deeper, it was very clear that the players were willing to voice their discomfort to somebody. And that's when the PA gets involved and, and this investigation starts. But the initial reaction from the organization, um, did they need to do more before so swiftly um, putting out the statement as firmly as they did? You know, I, that is an answer that I hope, a question that I hope to get an answer to. I, I don't know that. I don't know if, so So the way I see this is there, there will be attempts by people, uh, like I said, to put this on the players in the organization who, in their mind, didn't push back or weren't you know, strong enough in their interaction. That's completely and totally unfair. I agree. If this is Mike Bab- this is Mike Babcock to own. It may also be some fault of Blue Jackets management, uh, but we don't, I don't know yet if they were misled, if if Mike Babcock did not tell them the truth, and if, again, uh, Gaudreau and Jenner and others, if their truth was different than the young players, their interaction was different from the players, that, that to me, as long as that is possible, it's probably too soon to say this is management's fault as well. The only thing I think we can say with confidence right now is that Mike Babcock deserved to own this. And his statement, in my mind, uh, as, as statements often do, uh, falls way short. It was, yeah. I don't want to be a distraction. It, it wasn't, I did it again, and I, I, I can't do this anymore. Or I apologize for putting players in an awful spot. I apologize uh, for being the source of something that threatens to divide an NHL locker room, which is that's the last thing a coach is supposed to do. It's supposed yeah. to bring a room together. Let me ask you this, and this is often the case, because I agree completely there was zero accountability in that statement at all. But we're pretty early days here, and I can't help but wonder what is yet to be lawyered. You know, what happens to his contract, what he admits to now, how that comes out in the wash. I think, I'm not going to use the word benefit of the doubt, because I think that's probably too kind, but we never know what's involved from a legal standpoint when these statements are made. And because I agree with you, there was zero accountability, so much so that uh, it makes me wonder if there was much he could say at this point for where things are. But at some point, you would think that that needs to happen for Mike Babcock if, if, you know, when the lawyers and such get out of the way, because it was a weak statement. And quite frankly, you know, I thought the Players Association statement was excellent about how their players need to be treated with respect. And that was not the case here. Good for them because they're in the middle of this and they know what happened. Yes. Yeah. And they, they're the ones that still have the ability to speak freely. I'll be very interested tomorrow. Boone Jenner will be one of the four players made available during media day. Um, and that is, it? That, you know, this, this club, which, which has some pretty impressive veterans and a really impressive young group of players and is leaving the prospect tournament uh, after really putting on a show. Adam Fantilli looks just like an absolutely dazzling player. None of this 
tomorrow is going to be about, you know, who's your second line center. Yeah. None of this is going to be about the season to come. It's still going to be hijacked uh, by this. And I'll, I'll say this to Pascal Vincent, who has been promoted from associate coach to head coach. This is awkward, too, for him. He's been passed over twice for this job. And now he he is Babcock's replacement. It's totally unfair to him because that is a, a very well-respected hockey mind. That's a guy who is probably at a point where he's ready to be an NHL head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they can be fine with him. It's going to be a different feel, uh, but this is how he lands the first NHL head coach job. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that sentiment. Let's go bigger picture on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, you know, I haven't stumbled across many hockey conversations where people say, hey, pretty shrewd move by the Jackets, hey, when it comes to bringing in, yeah. in Mike Babcock. And I think you might have made a similar point in your, in your piece. It seems like, you know, <laughs> there were a couple of guys that felt like this was a good idea, and they were the guys that made the decision to bring them in. Uh you know, there's tons of blame to go around in a, in a bunch of different directions here, but this has to square fall squarely um, at Kekalainen's feet, I would think, does it not? I mean, he's the guy that's tasked with doing this, and, uh, you know, this, is, this has backfired tremendously, and nobody can possibly say that they're shocked by this turn of events, which maybe says a lot right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does, and, and it, you know... The thing that's, that's tough for, for this franchise is they, they have a, a minority owner, the, the McConnell family, majority owner, sorry, the McConnell family, that is pretty much all you can ask for from a professional sports ownership group. Uh, if anything, they've been too hands-off. But they are higher hockey people, smart hockey people, John Davidson, uh, before that Scott Housen, who happens to be Noel, Jarmo Kekalina, put them in charge tell us what you need. And for the most part, the ownership group here, I mean, look at the, the contract sold out to Severson uh, this summer. Look at the money they, they paid to Aaron. They were willing to pay Bobrovsky to keep them. I mean, that's what they do. Uh, this is the kind of stuff, though, that demands that ownership step forward and figure out, what are we doing here, guys? Where they like to be hands-off yeah. and they like to trust their hockey people. I'm not sure that that is allowed right now or, or that's possible. I don't think anybody has that much patience. Uh, I would suspect that ownership has to step up and get some answers here. And, and while the indication at this point is that Yermo Kekalainen is safe, I don't think anybody would be surprised if there's a change in that position over the next few days. I don't know what that means for John Davidson, the president of the, of the hockey club either. Typically, presidents get avoid the line of fire and things like this. GMs get to go first. Yermo's is JD's hire from his first tour in Columbus, but Yarmo's been here for 10 years, one of the longest-serving GMs in the NHL. Uh, I, I think these are questions. I don't think there's really any question right now that's unfair to ask. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not sure it happens here in the near term because, quite frankly, you're about to start a season and there is an incredible amount of unrest happening uh, in that room right now, you've got issues potentially, you know, you want to make sure the players are able to work through this together and all come out on the same page. You want to calm the waters down. You probably need to err on the side of calming things down and having a bit of consistency. So maybe, you know, maybe it's not the, the best move to make here in the near term, in the near term, Aaron, because how much upheaval can you have all at once? Yeah, I, I think you have to put out the fire and the fire yeah. was, was that tough. Now, 
you can assess damage now, maybe breathe a bit before you can uh, measure what else needs to be done. The other thing I would say is that they have a front office with some very capable people in it, uh, people who are, uh, frankly, willing uh, to be considered uh, for, for bigger jobs, if not in Columbus, outside the organization. I think it's Chris Clark, uh, former player, former captain of the Washington Capitals before Ovechkin, uh, very well-respected guy. He's the assistant GM here for Cleveland. Rossiter does a lot more than that. He's been an assistant GM here for a few years. To me, that's an obvious choice. Um, they, they promote Pascal Vincent to head coach. I'm not sure what they do with the open uh, assistant job, but, but here's a name Edmonton will recognize, uh, and I think he'd be uh, one hell of a choice. Mark Lefeste has been part of this organization now yep. three different times, twice as a player, one in a, in a coaching capacity. He's on the staff in Cleveland, their AHL franchise. Uh, very well respected. A guy who knows every position at forward, played them all sometimes in the same game, um, and has, has knows what it's like to play with great young players. He did it with Crosby and Pittsburgh. He did it with McDavid in, in uh, Edmonton, and now he's got a chance with with uh, Fantilli in Columbus. He's been around superstars at a very young age and has shepherded them as part of it. Uh, to me, that's the guy that makes a ton, of, a ton of sense in that capacity. Last question for you, and we'll let you go, Aaron. I know you're you're on the road tonight. Uh, you think, what are the chances that this causes any sort of issues in the locker room, right? Yeah, the veteran group and the leaders come out and, and say, listen, sure. nothing here. Our guy was our guy was fine uh, in, in their interactions, and clearly that wasn't the case. So some smoothing over needs to yeah. be done, and some players that maybe aren't that familiar with one another. So what are the chances that this causes issues, or do you think the leadership group is such they'll be able to, to calm the waters? Well, this is one of the reasons I think that this is absolutely imperative that they did it, and did it as soon as they did. Um, I, I got a text message from a player within the room that said, that the players are united. Um, he understands people questioning that, but they are together. That indicates to me, but I think it's a, a fair, a difficult question tomorrow for, for Boone Jenner and others on the leadership group. When that statement was issued, what did you know? And yeah. did that change in the few days to follow? If, if you had a statement to do overall again, how would that statement read today? Um, yeah. You know, listen, I have a ton of respect for Bruce Jenner. He's one of the more respected players in the league. For the that he, he, he plays very serious guy. Um, and they, these are, I know he doesn't enjoy this kind of stuff. He's a hockey player through and through. He wants to play hockey. He doesn't want to face these kind of questions because this sometimes is the, is the requirement of a captain. And there can be tough times that you need to get to navigate it. He was brought into this perhaps unfairly by uh, the people on the podcast, held up as an example of what what that stuff did. I don't know that there's a, a suggestion that his his uh, interaction with Fatcock is deemed to be uh, unprofessional or over the line. But I, I'd love to know what his statement would be today if he had the issue. My sense is that it's something very, very different. But trying to answer your question, if it's not different, if he holds for that, well, yeah, you got you got you got real issues. You got, uh, I think people unfairly heaping this on other people in the room whose experiences, quite obviously, yeah. were different than their own. Yeah. 
Aaron, great stuff, man. You uh, you blasted out a couple of articles today in short time, and as always, they were of the highest quality. So look forward to your continuing coverage of this story in the coming days on The Athletic. Thanks, pal. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Have a pleasant, pleasant All right. day. Aaron Portsline of The Athletic. Uh, Aaron Portsline uh, joining us on our Weiss Johnson digital hotline. Uh, getting your furnace service now before winter, it's the time to do it because when it's minus 30 and everybody else is breaking down, that's not the time to make the call. Being proactive rather than reactive, it's always a good idea. Weiss Johnson will take fantastic care of you for all your HVAC needs, air conditioning, heating, plumbing, whatever you guys need. Weiss Johnson has got you covered. Weiss Johnson, Weiss Johnson, whoa. All right, the uh, Kinprint live stream is going to continue right after the break. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Long Shots, where we are live on location. When we come back from that in our takeaway segment, Struds and I are going to weigh in with our opinions on the news of the day. Mike Babcock no longer with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Back in like 25 seconds. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z .ca. All right, time now for takeaways brought to you by one of our newest sponsors, Dr. Tyler Fix and Redefined Health, where they specialize in total body and mind wellness from chiro and massage care treatments to acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition, even an on-site registered psychologist. Redefined Health is there to help you get well and stay well. Visit redefinedhealth.com. Okay, Struddy, we're 20 minutes into the podcast. You barely had a chance to talk. Um, listen, give me your thoughts on the news of the day with Mike Babcock no longer being there. And, um, you know, do you have a headline thought about what Aaron had to say? Well, great stuff from Aaron. And it's really hard for me to kind of understand what was going on in there. Like, it's very much like, uh, you know, there's a lot of different opinions about what happened or what may not have happened and to what level it happened with which players. And I, I tried to think back, did I ever feel that a coach invaded my privacy? Um, you know, phones or pictures on phones weren't a big thing. Uh, I didn't really take a lot of pictures anyways. They've been pretty boring. But, you know, getting to know your players, I, I think, is important, especially today. I think players really want to know that. But, you know, you, I think there's a limit. You know, can you could you say, hey, could you bring three pictures of your families we could just look at? You know, would you feel comfortable yeah. with that? I think that'd be all right. Just getting to someone's phone, you don't know what's on someone's phone. You know, I, I just... I just think that was, it's pretty, um, it just doesn't seem like it was well thought through. So I, I can't comment to that on that. But what I do want to comment on is uh, when you guys are talking about what that vibe will be like in the room. And I don't think it really makes a difference to the players. Let, let's just look at this. This isn't a coach that has led the Columbus Blue Jackets and many of those players to wild success over the past five years. Like this isn't a team that went to the Stanley Cup final. It is a team in transition it is the team with new players joining um where nobody nobody in that lineup had this guy coach for a second for this team yeah so i think with the players like kate he's out no problem 
Uh, it's not like there's an old old group that had a you know allegiance. Like we maybe think back to when Pat Quinn is with the Vancouver Canucks, there's allegiance to him. Then Mike Keenan comes in or something like that. We don't we don't see that. So I don't think for the play. Like I, I'm trying to think if I was in their shoes, where would I feel? And I'm like, yeah, he's out. Okay, we got a new coach. All right, we we still got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> Move it so, on. Yeah, you know? I, I just don't think it's a big deal. Like, where's the allegiance? Like, I don't see the allegiance. You know, it's okay. not, it's. So I, let I me ask you. Deal. Let me ask you something similar to what I asked Aaron because okay. when this news broke and when Spit and Chicklets did what they did, the way they did it, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets rallied quickly, and they had a statement out quickly from the organization, from Babcock, from Boone Jenner, and Johnny Gaudreau. Right. Here's my issue, Struds. I think as the captain of the team and as the core leadership group, rather than rushing to put out a statement because your GM is saying, hey, did you guys have an issue with this? Can we get something out because this is bad and we want to get something out? If you didn't have an issue... We need to tell people that, right? Because Boone Jenner was mentioned by Spit and Chicklets, right? I think the captain of the team, you're going and publicly make this statement. Don't yeah. you need to check in with the rest of the guys just to make sure that there isn't anything else to it? Don't you need to check in with everybody else just to make sure that there isn't something to this? Or was he okay to just go on his experience alone and back the guy the way he did? Yeah, I, I actually think that's Yarmo Karkalainen's job. You know, isn't he the GM? Who hired this coach? Whose job is it ultimately the, the decision of who and who does not coach this team? Um, you know, if I'm the owner, I'm looking at Yarmo's thinking, man, like what's what's going on here? Like I, I personally didn't understand this hire. I don't believe that Mike Babcock was the missing piece for this group. I think they needed a guy with a history of working with young players um, in, in a very positive way. They have so many young players coming in. So was this the guy? I didn't understand it. And then any kind of a, and this is maybe the wrong word, Shogger, but a circus. Why invite someone into your house yeah. that may create a, a bit of a circus and be a distraction anyway? This isn't, um, you know, Scotty Bowman in the, you know, mid to late 90s running this team where you're like, this guy comes in, things change. Like, he hasn't coached for a while, you know, and 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 I don't know that it was really going to be that big a deal. So why hire this guy? I don't understand. I, I just don't understand why you'd bring him in uh, in the first place. So I believe, I understand what you're saying about Boone Jenner, but ultimately the GM is responsible for this hire. I believe he is the one that should have been contacting some of the younger players or all the players. What was your experience like? What happened? He went through all your pictures. Did he download some? Like what, what is going on? So I, yeah. I believe it's on him. I don't believe it is the captain's responsibility. He didn't hire this guy in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I'll disagree with you a little bit in that I think maybe maybe both could have, right? So if you're Boone Jenner and and the accusation is made and Spit and Chicklets followed up and said, no, no, there were other guys, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe you do need to follow up and just check in with some of your teammates, right? Just check in because, you know, if you're a young guy on that team or somebody who did go through an uncomfortable situation and immediately the captain is, they've just gone public saying, no, there's nothing to this. I mean, that's tough. Did he check in with you? Did he check in to see how you're doing or if you had any issues? I would suggest that, you know, for a leadership group, might not have been the worst thing to check in with the guys as well and see. But absolutely, I completely agree with you that Yarmo Kekalainen definitely needed to. Yarmo's sort of coming off like the Teflon man out there in Columbus, eh? Not a lot of winning. Not a lot of winning. Lots of turnover. And then this. Should this finally be enough? 
I think, well, quite honestly, I think it would have been enough instead of when he uh, trading away guys like Brabrowski and those guys on that one run where yeah. he brought other players in, traded draft picks away to, and I believe that was the year they beat Tampa, so I'll, I'll give him credit, but they they flared out in the second round. Like, I, I still can't understand, like, they, why they would have done that to try to get one round the playoffs was so short-sighted. Now, to be fair, he might have gotten pressure from ownership. I get that. But um, long-term, that was not the best thing. Uh, short-term, yes. Medium, long-term, that was not the best decision for that organization. They should have unloaded those players they had. Um, and then the decision to bring in, like I said, you know what, let me put it this way. You know, you look at uh, an elite-level athlete. If he's got some uh, a bit of a circus around him, if he's elite, you're like, okay, I'll deal with this. I can cope with this because of what he's he brings or she brings to the team. When they become average, you don't want it anymore. It's it's not worth it. The, the, yeah. That level of Point. circus is not worth it. And the circus can be whatever, any issues that they, they might bring to the team. It's not worth it anymore. It's not worth it. Um, you know, look around. How many players do you see that are average to below players that have a circus around them that are on teams for a long time? It just doesn't happen. She gone. Yeah. You're out of there, right? Like, it's just not worth it. So, um you know, I, I just I don't understand the hiring and 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 why you would bring him in. It wasn't he's not the final piece of the puzzle for for the Columbus or quite frankly any team. Yeah, lots of great comments coming in on the stream and in our Ask Us Anything segment, we're going to get to some of those and some good discussion points. So we'll deal with that in just a couple of minutes. Before we get to Strutty's world, we should chat a little bit about the Edmonton Oilers. They got their rookie camp going on uh, out in Penticton. Full disclosure, Strutty. Um, it's been a busy couple of days, so I haven't been able to catch much, if any, of the action beyond the highlights. Uh, I'm not sure how close attention you've been able to pay to it, but the second-round pick in Boeke making a little bit of noise. And I don't know, this rookie camp, I think it's a good chance for those guys to go there and maybe ring the bell a little bit and get themselves noticed and a little bit of juice heading into main camp. But really, outside Xavier Borgo, not looking at anybody at this camp that has a potential to spend too much time in Edmonton this season. Hundred percent. I, I think that what's important for those young players to understand, though, is that there is a huge opportunity in this organization. This organization needs young players to step up and grab spots. It's not going to be this year. You're right. Maybe Xavier Burgo, but I'd be surprised if anyone else gets some action. But yep. make a name for yourself. Get on the coaches, uh, the GMs, the, all the management on their radar, and have a really good year. Because going into next training camp, there might be a spot or you know an, or an opportunity to to move up, or you know this is not the most positive thing, but maybe become trade bait to a team that does have a spot for you. So I, I think that you know it's a huge opportunity for these young guys because the Oilers need players to develop. They need guys coming up from underneath and uh, to fill those spots up for cheap and or move them out. So I, my advice, if I was their GM or their, their uh, agent, be you guys be the best you can be every time you touch the ice. So you make a name for yourself. doesn't matter where you're picked. They need them. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, if you have been watching the games and you have a comment, let us know what you've seen so far and how you felt about it. Uh, we're live streaming on Twitter and on YouTube as well. Okay. Time to get to Struddy's World, brought to you by Pathfind. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Pathfind's there to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. They can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Find your organization's path forward at pathfind.ca. Roll that animation, Zuby. 
When you make a mistake, heads should roll. Just me and Nick Lachey, window down, shirt off, just loving it. My goal is someday maybe Forrest Gump. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. I consider myself a bit of a planner. I try to look ahead and, and just have things around the home that uh, will make life easier. For instance, it's pretty rare for me to go to the grocery store and not pick up some toilet paper. I like to have it around because, you, you, you know, it's not a problem till you don't have any. Dog food. My dog, I always kind of a, like a bag and a half, or not, not a bag, maybe like, yeah, one bag ahead of really what I need. But the food is here because, you know, you're going to find out on like a Saturday night, your dog doesn't have any food. Now you're making uh, something special for him. Same thing with paper towels. I'm always buying paper towels. But my wife gets into me. She's like, you know, you can't, why do you buy all this stuff? We have too much around. And then specifically, she gets upset when I buy salsa and mustard. I need to have, I believe you should have two to three of those things just kicking around the house, not counting the ones that are in your fridge. You never know when maybe, you know, you, you, you need, you got the mungies and you want to have a little bit of uh, salsa and some uh, hint of lime chips, or I want to use mustard. Now, I use mustard for sandwiches. I have sandwiches most days for lunch, not every day, but most of them. And I love to have that mustard. I use uh, French's mustard. That's the only kind I use. And I always have two or three plus the one in the fridge. My wife was on me a lot, like, let's say two, three months ago. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to not buy it and see if I can actually do without because she thinks it takes up room in the pantry. Fair enough. So I decided I'm not going to buy any French's mustard. So I go to the Italian center. I get some really nice cold cuts. I bring it home. I'm putting on more torpedo bun, brown, if you want to know. And I reach in to get the mustard. There's none. I'm like, oh, my God. Someone's used it up. Some of the selfish kids I have in this house used it. Uh, I went and I looked in the recycling bin. There she was, empty. So I walk into the pantry, of course. I have this beautiful meat, this incre incredible torpedo brown bun. Nothing. No French. So I give my wife the old tap. Hey, where's the mustard? Where's the French mustard? We don't have any. You know, I meant to tell you we ran out. I was like, oh, my God. So, But she goes, we have Dijon mustard. Oh, my God. Dijon mustard, the only time you use Dijon mustard is if you're putting it on the outside of a roast, maybe a hammy, put it on top, on that. It ruins the flavor of any good cold cuts. Everyone knows that. So obviously a fight erupts, not physically, obviously, but like not a big fight, but just a battle. Like I told you so, I should have bought it. It's like, we well, should do your own thing. So we go back and forth. So in the end of the day, I, I get that. I walk out. I, I eat this stuff. I put uh, barbecue sauce on it. It was not even the same. It ruined the taste of the meat. The torpedo bun wasn't the same. It gets soggy. I went out and I bought four French's mustard. I bought four and they're in there. So at the end of the day, I will never do that again. Toilet paper, paper towels, French's mustard, and salsa will always be there in my house. I don't know if you guys have that experience before, but there's nothing worse then not having what you want when you need it. Another one might be maple syrup, guys. <laughs> Ruin the whole okay. lunch. I, okay, we'll get to the mustard in a minute. Oh man. Okay, you you had a you have an amazing way of turning a thirty second point into a four minute segment. It's really quite impressive. I want to be clear. Doesn't it suck clear. when there's no mustard? Hey. <laughs> No, it's the backstory is important. I hear you. And you lay great groundwork for us. Uh, Zuby, I don't know. You can come in and you can chime in. I mean, listen, if you're a mustard fan, mustard is a game changer on your sandwich because it stands out probably more than any of the other accoutrements. So I can understand your passion for it. And when it's missing from your sandwich, it's not going to be anywhere in, in the neighborhood. Um, don't know that I would have dedicated the whole segment, but that <laughs> I think just speaks to your passion level and how much you love mustard. 
well, I have a way of doing things. And my wife, I've been doing this for like 25 years. And my wife just, for once I trusted her and it screwed everything up. It ruined the lunch and ruined this meat. I got some really nice meat. You guys know the Italian center too. The lunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ruined my whole lunch. Uh, I, 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 have a, I have a suggestion and that it's, this is super crazy coincidence i i think just yesterday literally got mustered by mail by which i mean i bought some on amazon to be delivered (laughs) and you can and you know you can subscribe to household items like mustard and then you would never run out you can set it up so that you get a a new french's or whatever every month and then and then i you know I could take this whole conversation out of your house if you let me sign you up for monthly mustard by mail. But patent, the problem is patent my, pending. My, well, my I, mustard, my mustard consumption goes down the window because I turn my world to soup, <laughs> and I get. Uh, I use. I don't know if anyone else uses Amy's soups. They're delicious, absolutely delicious <laughs> soups, and that's that's what I use. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but one Amy soup and about ten. Brown crackers, saltine crackers, just delicious. Uh, Curb84 uh, chimes in and says, this is like listening to my nephew talk about a dog he saw outside. <laughs> says Curb84. Oh, boy. Yeah, listen, one of the most annoying things for me with mustard uh, is the application process. Um, you got a nice sandwich. You've made it. You're really looking forward to it. And you go to put the mustard on, and it leaks out like two and a oh. half ounces of just yellow yeah. water juice. Yeah. Drives Shake me it. nuts to the point where I hesitate sometimes to even try to put mustard on a sandwich. <laughs> no, you shake it. That's amateur hour. I yeah. always get it. And a couple yeah. hard shakes blends it up right back on there. It's so good. It's so Some good. stranger agrees with me. He says, why is it always water that comes out first? Yeah, 100% mustard. Uh, yeah. I'm and not sure if they need a better lid on it. Or I don't know what it is. If you have a dad like mine, when it starts getting down to the nitty gritty, he starts adding water to it. Oh, I know. Oh, God. Oh, Just God. to salvage it? Oh, gross. <laughs> yes, That's absolutely. awful. That's fine We're to do with, with like uh, liquid detergent. You can do that liquid detergent, you know, that you wash your dishes with. You cannot do that mustard. It defeats the whole purpose, man. <laughs> I can't believe it. I That just ruined my night. That, oh, that might, You're going to have nightmares. Oh, God. I can't water believe That was Strutty's World. Strutty's World brought to you by our good friends at Pathfind. Last segment is where we're going to dive into the stream. Uh, we've had lots of great interaction tonight on YouTube. We apologize that the comments over on Twitter aren't working. We're blaming Elon. I'm pretty sure I have to like pay for a subscription or something in order for people to be able to comment over on Twitter. So sorry about that. But lots of good action here on the YouTube stream here on our Kinprint live stream. Uh, and ask us anything. It's going to be brought to you by the Shark of the Park. Rini Buclan of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. She's all about amazing service for her clients. Buying a house is a huge deal. So you want to go with someone that you know you can trust and you know that is working for you 24-7 to either sell your home or help you find a brand new one. And Rini does that. Call her at 780-994-0280. Lots of good comments coming in on the stream during that Aaron Portsline interview, Zuby. Uh, if you were able to grab a few of them, but definitely the talking point of the night. I was. Let's start with our pal Curb. He said, uh, Joel Quenville is out there somewhere, somewhere swearing at Babs for ruining his second chance hopes. What do you think? <laughs> is there anything to that? Is it, Could any of this is that re- feel like that's related in any way? Shreds? That's a good point, actually, by the Curbmeister. I, I would actually suggest that they're probably not related. Um, 
you know, I think you have to take each of the incidents on, on, on their own and kind of instead of throwing a blanket on, I'll say, well, these guys are all going to do something again that's probably a, a bad choice. Um, you know, I guess my my final point about backup Shog would be surprised. Like, did, did he not kind of rethink how he's going to approach players? And I guess that, you know, it, it, he had talked about it. I know he mentioned he was going to try to be, it'd be different. He had a plan for each individual player and it doesn't seem like he did. So, yeah. and I think yeah, that's you know, scary. Uh, listening to the things that were said in the interviews that he did in the time that he's left the National Hockey League, I mean, I don't know. Did we really hear about a lot of owning mistakes of the past and deep yeah. reflection and such? I, I never really got the feeling like it was, there was, you know, a tremendous amount of substance behind the words that, mm-hmm. that he did say. And it, I mean, it goes to show if you think you can come out of the gate with tactic like this, uh, clearly it's an issue. I, I'll disagree with you a little bit. I do think that this will hurt Joel Quenville. And okay. here's why, Struds. I think if there's one thing that we just learned, it's that when you're taking a coach that has a past like this and you're putting him back into the spotlight that is the National Hockey League, what they just learned is there is no room for error when there's a history. In other words, basically it needs to be perfection. Um, and I think that, that anybody who's thinking about Joel Quenville might look at this situation and go, you know, not like the first thing that comes up, but anything that's significant at all. And it yeah. just, you know, because of that past is there. So I do think it could have a bit of an impact on Quenville. Just it'll make people gun shy to go some, go to somebody that has a past like this. Subi, what else we got? Uh, Obelisk 21 shouted out my Expos hat, by the way. Thank you. And he also uh, said... <laughs> If someone said Babcock was looking at what players share publicly on social media, that's one thing. But looking at private, unshared information on someone's phone is way over the line. So how much of that is going? I mean, there must be a fair bit of that going on now. Coaches looking at social media because that's public, right? Oh, yeah. I would assume Strud's at coaches. And yeah, they have people employed by the team, you know, PR people who would be on all the social media that that's public. Other players, they would watch that stuff really closely. So but players players who are active on social media struds are well aware that the team would be watching all of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if you're not, you're, 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 you better get that figured out pretty quick. But yeah, I think that, you know, the idea of going to someone's phone is it's a private thing, right? It's just a private um, item that you have and you might have some, whatever, some pictures that maybe don't want to be shown to whoever your, your parents or a coach or coworker or whatever it is. So I I just, it just, I, I honestly think if he had said, can you bring three pictures of your family? I want to get to know your family. I want to get to know you a little bit better. You know, I, I, and so they bring it and they choose and they get, I don't think that would be, I would be fine with that going into my phone, even though I have nothing in my phone, like pictures of my kids. And obviously, you know, me topless doing duck lips into the mirror. That's, that's fine. If he wants to see that, but Mm -hmm. the rest, I just don't, I just don't, I don't know. Like, but that's what it makes me think like Babcock said he had an individual plan for each player. And this is what you come up with. Like, I, I just, I can't believe that that is really, was the plan his plan? Zoops. Colin Pond says, um, you know, sports is changing. You need coaches that can mesh old school with relatability to younger players. He uh, gives Deion Sanders as an example old school work ethic, but relatable <laughs> to the kids. What do you guys think about that? And uh, who, who might fall into that category in hockey? Strutty? Well, you're right. I mean, you, you, yeah, you got to find a way. Look at John, uh, John Tortorella. Like he's, he, I wouldn't say he's a fresh face in the league, 
and he still finds a way to kind of have some relatability to the players. Um, but I think you got to stay in touch with maybe what they're into, what they do, what they're thinking. Um, you know, I, I, do I get frustrated that my kids or my friends' kids are on social media a lot or TikTok? Like, yeah, I do, but everybody's kids are on there or, or there's, you know, that's a huge part of the world. So you have to understand where they're coming from, why they use it, the connected part, all that. So I think you have to kind of understand why they do what they do. And that's the challenge, I think, for, for quite frankly, every coach or teacher around. Yeah, and I think it's just about, you know, it's just about understanding, like, just boundaries, right? I mean, this generation of kids, and I've got, you know, I got a 21-year-old, I got a 19-year-old, and it's just different, man. They don't put up with the crap that maybe you or I would have when we were their age, Strud's. Yeah. Like, they don't. Kids are not afraid to kind of question what they would view some would view as authority in their world. If they feel they're not being treated with respect, I think there's a natural pushback more now than there might have been before where we would just kind of get in line before. I think back to some of the things that were directed at me back in the day, some of the stuff that was said. And I tell you what, man, if anybody ever talked to my kid the way that some people talk to me, there would be fists flying. Yet you just sit there and take it, right? And that's where the game was back then. It doesn't need to still be there. It shouldn't still be there. The crap that we put up with back then should not be the crap that we subject this generation to. I'm fine with all these sorts of changes. And, you know, good. I don't know who these players were. Good for them for voicing their discomfort and going to people and going, you know what? I know this might suck for the team and might make it difficult and all that. But no, man, this wasn't okay. Good for them. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I, I double down on my comments. I don't think losing Mike Babcock is going to really suck for the team. I mm-hmm. I think if this had happened three weeks into the year or two months into the season, I think it would have been a lot harder. But he hasn't he hasn't done anything. Yeah, he has not he has not run one practice. So I I don't think it's a big deal at all. Yeah, for sure. Zuby, any more? We're gonna wrap it up, pal. Oh well, last one, a quick one. We could say Quaddy says you could actually say Columbus dodged a bullet. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, I guess to Strud's point, I mean, it's happening before they've run a single practice. So uh, they slide somebody in there that's familiar with the team, Strud's. I think that was probably about – it would have been tough to do anything else at this juncture to bring a fresh face in. So they'd do a two-year deal with a guy that's been there. Yeah, I just think – I. I don't think dodging a bullet. I mean, I guess if if you're looking at what he could do to the team, I I, I just don't think there was a huge lift from him. So I, I I don't I I I think it's I think they're probably better off. Dave oh nine oh four with the final comment of the night. Oh, you can roll the music. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Struddy is bang on. Extra mustard, extra paper towel, extra toilet paper. Oh, and extra. I don't know what that is. China, what's China Lily? Are those napkins? Oh, know. or um, paper plates. Oh, paper plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah classy guy. Maybe <laughs> not. He'll correct us if we're wrong. All right, that'll uh, that'll wrap the podcast tonight. Uh, fun. This was a little bit different being live on location at Long Shots here in Sherwood Park. Technically, I was not sure that this was all going to work. Uh, Randine is here. She's my technical supervisor, uh, helping me out <laughs> behind the scenes. I got a giant mess of stuff. But I think we were okay, fairly clean. Uh, so this was a lot of fun. Our thanks to the crew down at Long Shots here uh, for inviting us down. Going to come back this week and play some golf. Highly encourage you to do the same. Uh, thanks to our sponsors and thanks to all of you for your contributions on the live stream, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, Rob Brown getting back into town. So those high-end pods are coming your way. 
<laughs> Keep an eye on our feeds as Brownie checks back in. Stretty, good job tonight. Zuby, you too. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Thank you. Yep. All right. Take care. See you soon here on Got Your Back.